Hello, you're listening to Red Femme. My name's Jen Isaacson. I'm here with Hannah Borelli. Hello, this is she. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to be talking about travel advice for women travelers specifically. So some travel tips. I'm more an experienced traveler than Hannah. Yeah, by a country mile, yeah. so I would say. Yeah. I've been to 29 countries now. I think you've been to 12? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, but we, we both have some good advice and tips. And it certainly took me a long time getting experience traveling before I just started to kind of do it by certain rules. And I just, yeah, I stick to those rules now and it ensures that I don't have unpleasant experiences. So the first one is women travelers do not travel alone. Just don't travel on your own. Really, really. And I know I've done I've done it myself a lot. And this is how I learned the hard way. And I promised myself, I think when I was about 30, that I would never do it again. Mm. And the reality is, I'm not saying you have to travel with a man. Like, I'm not saying you need a, a guardian, right? I'm not proposing Saudi Arabia style um, oversight and, you know, protection or whatever. But you should travel with a friend because uh, I, I've just everywhere I've been, if I am s- seen as a foreigner, you get sexually harassed from Belgium to Israel to Venezuela to Jordan, everywhere that I have been when it has been obvious that I am not from there because I'm in a certain neighborhood or how I look or how I'm dressed, men will harass you in the street and follow you. And it's because they know that you're not local and you do not have a local man who they can get in trouble with. They also read you as naive and vulnerable and stupid for walking around that particular place on your own, especially the things I used to do, like I would walk around at night, not the dead of night, but the, the late evening. And it happened every time. And I think I think I was actually 32 when I decided I can't do this anymore. It's just becoming too infuriating. So I now just go, you know, with with another woman. And just that stops it dead. So when I was 21, I think I turned 22 whilst I was there. I went to Venezuela. I like, you know, of course, wanted to see the socialist project of Venezuela. Lots of political graffiti, clearly lots of elections taking place. Very nice. But one thing that was happening to me constantly was being sexually harassed my then girlfriend turned up after three weeks, it didn't happen again. Because two women can laugh at men Mm. who do things like stick their tongue out at them or follow them down the street or whatever. If a woman is on her own, you're just read as more vulnerable and there's nothing you can really do. And I've done everything. I've shouted at them. I've sworn at them. I've threatened them. I've laughed at them. They do not care. I have not experienced this as soon as I'm with another woman for me, it ended. I know that there are women, obviously, that go out in pairs or go out in groups and get sexually harassed. But for me, when traveling, it was really the antidote. I think just that thing that you were talking about, like I look obviously foreign or whatever in places, I think that I am, I'm ethnically Italian. So in some places I've been in, like, I can look um, kind of indigenous to Southern Europe or Northern Europe, 
So often in places in Southern Europe, people will just talk to me in the whatever native language is there. Um, and in places in Northern Europe, I don't, I think I have a very kind of Europeanly speaking, I'm not saying I'm ethnically ambiguous outside of Europe, calm down, <laughs> but I have like a, you know, in Europe, quite an ethnically ambiguous face. So I don't often get pegged as a foreigner places. Yeah. So I haven't experienced that quite as much. Well, it's also that, you know, being a, I want to say someone who doesn't have a lot of money, I would often choose to stay in places that were low, the lowest budget I could find. And then you turn up there and you realize it's a very dodgy area. The other thing is just, I, I no longer stay in hostels. Yeah, I find that men behave very differently in hostels as they do to hotels. They treat hostels like their home and they walk around like half naked in towels. Um, I've had, then I've had like horrible experiences and reported it to reception and the man on reception has laughed at me. This happened in Belgium. Um, and he was like, oh, but aren't you safe in your women only dorm? Ha ha ha. Like they know, they know the game. They know that men, I don't know what it is about hostels. Men honestly behave really differently in hostels than hotels. And if there's any pervs, in my experience, that's where you find them and they don't see it. Maybe it's because they know you don't have your own room. I've heard women complaining in hostels about even how, like sharing a mixed dorm with a man. And what what happened? Oh, she was wanting to read. So she he was turning the light off. It was during the day and he wanted to sleep. And so she kind of just, she didn't turn the light on, but she was using a torch to read her book on her bed. And he grabbed the torch and like shined it in her eye you know, to like damage her eye basically and shouted at her. Just, I remember hearing this at a hostel in Tel Aviv and thinking, oh God, like I can't do this again. It's just a recipe for disaster. And if you can just spend a bit more money, you will avoid these unpleasant experiences. Also do your research. Do research on Google, go to places like Reddit. The other reason that- Reddit is great. Reddit is great for advice. Reddit All is great advice. for advice for like if you're in a weird bureaucratic situation, you can't get through to an operator, you need to know what kind of product to buy. Reddit is great because it's just real people giving like sincere advice. Reddit is always great. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized when I was in Belgium, I was staying in, I think it's called Molenbeek or Molenbeek. And it's basically a bit of a dodgy area. And it's where all the terrorists were from that shot up France in 2014, 15, whenever that was. Anyhow, by walking through that area, people knew I wasn't from there because no one goes there unless you're from there. So I was approached three times on the way from my hotel, which is a very nice hotel otherwise, to the tube station. And it was just like, you stupid, you stupid woman, you've turned up here, so we know you're an idiot. And you're on your own. And I just got sexually harassed three times in about 150 meters. And I uh, just had to, I was just, was rude in French, basically, um, because I can't, I know there's a threat of reprisal if you do that, but I can't not be like that really um, for my dignity's sake. And otherwise I just would have to live with the rage of like another man, another man blocking my way in the street and not letting me pass. Um Anyway, as soon as the woman that I was, I was there for a conference and then I kind of had a date, basically, not kind of did. And as soon as I was spending time with that woman, again, it just evaporated because it was two women together and they can take the piss out of a man. And I, I no longer was approached. But even that, if you stay in an area where people know 
that you aren't from there. Again, men just think, okay, you don't have any connections here. You won't be able to get me in trouble. And unfortunately, this is this is just how it is. So do your research about where you're staying. Stay in an area that is not dodgy, does not have dodgy reviews. Pay more to stay in a hotel than in a mixed dorm. I find that a lot of the time it means that maybe you can't travel for as long because you don't have the money, but you'll just have such um, a more pleasant experience. And uh, yeah, I I think that one of the key things is never, ever go on your own. I just know that I did that for a decade and I just kept hoping that I was wrong and and basically being on a budget, just putting it to one side and every time I went on my own. I've even been, I was even sexually assaulted by a taxi driver at noon in Tel Aviv. I remember his name, Yaron. Like it made such an impact on me that the next time I was in Tel Aviv and I got in a taxi, it was like I was hallucinating. I I was sure it was him. I was looking at this guy thinking that is him. And I was looking at his arm being like, yeah, it's the same tanned, hairy arm. And I was I was like looking at the Uber because I'd ordered Uber. And I was like, that's not his name's not Yaron, though. I remember the guy's name was Yaron. What? Why am I? I was sure it was him. And it was a very short journey. And my heart just the whole time, just every time I looked at the driver, I saw this man. No, I don't. And it wasn't him. And can't yeah. have been because yeah, yeah. It, that wasn't his name on the. Um, why would you use a fake name on an Uber, right? It's it's not him, and he certainly didn't seem to recognize me. And he was a f- friendly, pleasant guy. He didn't say much to me at all. But I just wanted to get out of that taxi so fast. And I remember thinking, can I just not use flipping taxis anymore in this city? Mm. And this is what it does. And this guy had really only kind of felt my leg up and stuff. Hadn't done anything too grievous, but the fear. And maybe it's evolutionary. When you're back in that situation, yeah. you are you just feel panic. And you're just like, get out of here, get out of here. And I genuinely looked at him. And I was like, this is the guy. I can't believe I've accidentally booked the guy. Mm. But, and I started using Uber. I used to just get them off the street. But that's what I'd done with Yaron, is I'd flagged a taxi down. Mm. And I, I used to have this thing where I, I don't do it anymore, actually, really. I, I used to sit in the front with the taxi driver. Really bad idea. I remember you giving me that <laughs> advice and I was like, literally never for no amount of money. But I thought I was showing them I'm an equal. I'm sat at the front with you. Just giving them close physical proximity so they could like strangle you to death. Well, that's ex- actually assault ex- you. That's exactly what and happened. You're in a moving car on a freeway. You can't get out. It's exa- like, exactly what happened. Idea. He started touching my leg and talking to me about sex. So... Now I tend to go in the back. But I had thought it was the move because I had I've had friends that taxi drivers have just got in the back seat with them and locked the cab doors yeah. until they've done something sexual with them, basically. So I really thought yeah, I I'd think, figured it out. I think in the back, if you stop somewhere, you have the opportunity to get out and he's not gonna grab you. Yeah, I guess he has to stop the car. Whereas yeah. he, yeah. Whereas you can drive with one hand and sexually assault with the other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my first advice. <laughs> um, my second one is structure it. I remember when I was 18, 19, I was just a bit silly. I didn't really know how to travel. I'd go on holiday and just sort of loll around. I didn't really know how to explore a city. 
you'd end up just going for dinner and that was the main thing you'd do. My advice is to structure it and I always start my trips with a walking tour. (laughs) Hannah can attest to how much I rely on and enjoy walking tours, but it's a really good thing to orientate yourself at the start of a trip because basically somebody shows you around the city a bit. And if you are a woman traveling alone against Jen's advice, you can often find other women who are traveling alone on the walking tours and kind of hang out with them and plan to meet later. Yeah, I've made friends on a walking tour and so have you. Yeah. Yeah. So my advice is walking tours. And if you structure your time, again, nobody spots you just hanging around and there as an opportunity, basically. Yeah. And there is something in... I think that, is it security forces? They often give it as some advice where they say, if you're walking somewhere, one of the key things as to whether you're targeted for kind of being mugged or assaulted or whatever is, do you look where you know where you're going? Right. So if you walk with purpose, this is why, again, when I'm on my own, I walk faster than I do with a friend where I'm you know just casually moseying down the street, having a conversation, looking at things around me. I definitely walk from A to B. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My third advice is similar in is, is don't go for too long because again, you just get these long stretches of time. Unfortunately, I just, I, I know that I've been noticed and I think that again, people start to cook up something like whether it's stealing your stuff or whether it's, getting you in a situation where you're going to have to, well, you get scammed, things like this. I would really, really do your research, stretch your time, um, stretch your time and don't stay for too long. Right. Because you just don't need to and you're wasting money. Honestly, I do a city in two days. Yeah. It's like I went to Russia. I arrived on the Friday. I left on the Monday. I saw a lot of Moscow. I just got my, you know, friend to show me around and that was it. I mean, at the time, due to some sort of oil crisis, the flights were £70 return. This is why I went. Um, This is a long time ago. This is back in 2015. But again, you just don't need to do the like hanging around your hotel, especially not hanging around your hostel like a sitting duck. I don't want to scare anybody. I just... I was going to say... No, but honestly, when I speak to other women who've traveled as well, especially if they've ever had like a day or two on their own, it's not good. No, no, it's not good. And I think um, for people who I've spoken to who've backpacked across Europe and done these kind of multi-long kind of trips there and it gone through hostels and so on, there seems to be this bit of hookup culture that happens. And I think men really love it. And you get men who are like weird because and they like going to these hostels because they know there are lots of 18 to 22 year old women from Canada, the U S the UK doing their gap year experience or whatever. And a lot of these men, a lot of women end up having these quote unquote boyfriends. They travel through Europe with, but then you don't know who these men are, who they're attached to. Often they end up having wives and children. Like no, if you're a 21 year old doing your backpacking across Europe experience, like, you should be aware that if a man in his early 30s is, like, doing that, he is, A, homeless, probably, 
B, might have a wife and child. Like, you just don't know. And, like, men go to these places because they know there's, like, young, hot 18 to 22-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot older than 30 sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the start of, oh, I wonder who this person is. Yeah. No, I've known a lot of men who travel who Mm. you find out they have a girlfriend they're traveling with, but that's not who they go out and about with. Right. When they're sampling the goods of the country they're in. But honestly, a a friend of mine, um, was I think she was nearly sex trafficked. Right. When she went traveling on her own. And she she's she's one of those people that she likes just doing her own thing. And she's very... Uh, I can see why she travels on her own, right? She's very, very independent. Very, I just want to do this. I want to do this, this, this. And I, I, I kind of, I have an itinerary and I just want to follow it. And I don't want to have to really negotiate with someone else. And she's happy enough doing her own thing. But again, I think some guy offered to show her around the city... And she went for a drive with him. And then he said, oh, you know, I can put you up in a hotel. She started thinking, what is he talking about? And eventually she just managed to get out of the car. She agreed. And then she just left her hotel the next day. And she'd met him at the bar in the hostel. And so I guess this was an operation. I don't know. But again, just I just think there's just be really vigilant basically especially when you're abroad people think you don't know the lay of the land because you don't right like when i was in israel and that thing happened i went to my room in this fucking hostel shout out to hayakon 48 i went to my room and i was so angry and i went to sleep and i thought you know what maybe i'll feel better after i sleep i slept I was still so angry. I thought, you know, maybe I'm just hungry. <laughs> I went to, I went to eat at this place. I always go a 24 hour place in uh, Tel Aviv called Benedict's. Used to be very good. It just does breakfast food 24 hours a day. It used to be great. It's not so great anymore. Anyway, I still go there. I was still angry. I was still angry. <laughs> Even after uh, waffles. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I got to. And I just went to a police station. It took four hours to report it. And I'm sure they did nothing. I'm sure they did nothing. This is the taxi driver? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd managed, he kept asking me for my phone number and I was like, no, you know what? You give me your phone number. And his WhatsApp had his picture and I had his name. I should have taken a photo of the cab, but I just didn't think. they have like a registration number and mm. so on. Well, they do in Canada. That's how cabs work in Canada. Well, the police told me, oh, it's a big deal here. Taxi drivers are almost considered civil servants and you're a... Uh, you're a tourist, but I don't think we've done anything because it was a woman complaining yeah. about a man feeling her up. It's just, you know, anyway, I messaged him and said, I've reported you to the police, you fucking pervert, blah, blah, blah. And did he? No, he didn't reply. I just hope he shat himself. And what I hope is he'll never do it again right. to yeah. another woman. Yeah. Because this was like on a really sunny day, like midday in Tel Aviv. I just thought, Oh my god, like what's what's going on? It's because I was on my own. So there we are. Travelling for work. And I had to be on my own, really. Yeah, yeah. But again, it just goes to show. Oh yeah, this is my other bit of advice. Make judgments that are not woke. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying be culturally insensitive, obviously, but when people try to pretend to you that certain societies aren't as they are 
and that you shouldn't think anything negative about somewhere that is not your own country, just don't. It's not worth your safety. Mm. I have played that game. I pretty much had someone twist my arm into going to a country where homosexuality is illegal. If you're of any religion other than Islam, it's illegal. And there's a particular problem with anti-Semitism. Yeah. In this case, yeah. Well, I don't know, but I feel like basically I was, uh, I had my arm twisted on the basis of if you don't go to this country, you're racist. Mm. And it kind of worked. And I think that if people start to tell you to compromise on who you are and start saying, you know, if you come to this country, you have to grow your hair, you have to wear makeup. These are all red flags that there's clearly going to be a problem with who you are there and that the person who's twisting your arm to go, but also demanding that you change who you are, is going to have a problem with you when you're there. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. And I just think that if I had been able to say, no, I'm gay and I'm not going somewhere where it's, I'm not going to a religious police state, right? This is not just a don't ask, don't tell. This is a religious police state where gay people are murdered and the police do nothing. And I'm also not going somewhere where I might be viewed of a certain religion, shall we say, that is also illegal. I'm not, I'm not going there. Yeah. And I, you know, if you ignore those things, you end up having pretty traumatic experiences. And I had the worst experience of my adult life. Yeah. Um, Being mistreated, basically, not even by the normal people of that country, but by the individual who had invited me. Yes. Um, Because actually, as soon as people often, look, the international, I don't want to say the international rich fully, but people who live international lifestyles and can do because they're not just working class, but they're pretty well off, often they're different people in different countries. Right. It's true. Yeah. And when, no, they go, true. when they go home, they adopt the practices of their home country and they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm not gay here. Right. Well, I'm gay on fucking Mars because I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. And so why bring me somewhere and then reprimand me for being gay? This and it's yeah, honestly, do not fool yourself. All this stuff about the West is bad. Okay, America the devil, I get it. The imperialist superpower. Fine. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that everywhere else on the planet is a utopia. This is a lie. Well, there's this principle they teach in like child safeguarding, like which for American and Canadian listeners or international listeners, like people, like it's a UK term, and it basically means um, preventing child abuse or child sexual abuse specifically, um, often. And basically, they tell you in that 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 kind of training or that what they say in the the safeguarding thing is you shouldn't, from what I've heard from people who've done it, you shouldn't um, political correctness should not get in the way of uh, reporting. problems with child safeguarding if you think someone is diddling a kid but you feel like oh no there might be politically like i might come across politically incorrect if i report it to the authorities or whatever don't let political correctness be an excuse you should apply that sort of principle to your travel and to your own safety into your own safety yeah yes yeah one of the tests that i do is that i i tell myself 
would I advise someone else to do this? Yeah. Because I often think, well, I'm pretty tough, I'll manage. But the reality is you, you shouldn't have to manage mm-hmm. difficult, traumatic, horrendous situations. And I mean, I'll name the country it was. I went to Algeria and I had groups of men yeah. following me in the street. And I had an overcoat on. I had a, you know, like a, a navy duffel coat. And um, yeah, my girlfriend at the time just said, oh, you know, cover your head. So I put a scarf on my head. It went down maybe 25%. I already had the hood up of my coat. And uh, I would say the vast majority of men in the street paid attention to me. And just these groups began following me and shouting at me. It was quite scary. And uh Eventually, I covered my eyes. I put shades on, even though it was winter, and this helped a lot. I would say it went down another fifty percent, mm-hmm. um, because she she and she explained she just was like, "Well, you have blue eyes, and no one has that here, and so you're exotic to them." And I said, "Oh, I just don't think I don't notice the color of anyone's eyes on the street. Like, how 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 are they noticing this?" And she just said, "Well, they're not used to it." And I just remember it was basically very difficult to go out in public. This is not in the capital, by the way. Algiers, it was absolutely fine. There was no problem whatsoever. It was Constantine, which is very conservative. Mm. So in conservative cities, I don't know, it makes the men more perverted, I guess. And I remember that I said to her, like, what's going on? Like, why do these men fancy me so much? And she just was like, well, you're the most attractive woman in the city to them right now. I was like, why? She was just like, because you're white. Mm. I was like, I just said, I wish you'd told me this before I arrived, that I was going to be Pamela Anderson on Baywatch, the equivalent walking around in my duffel coat with my sunglasses on. And it was just very, you know, and she kept saying, oh, if you go out after dark, you'll get raped or you'll get gang raped, which I don't even think was necessarily true. Mm. Um... But at one point, I did go out during the day on my own and I was sexually assaulted pretty quickly. Not grievously, again, but just don't bother. If you ever have a bad feeling about going somewhere, always listen to that feeling. Because I, I don't, I have never had a feeling, an, an instinct, and and it not be right, actually. Yeah, no, always listen to your instincts in traveling in any situation, about, mm. especially about your own safety. Yeah. And don't let, oh, I need to be culturally sensitive or, oh, I need to be polite, get in the way of, yeah. if and, you, and you can and always, well, unless you're entrapped, but for the most part, you can leave a situation if yeah. you want to book a flight home early, go to a different city, get on a bus. You're not obligated to stay anywhere with anyone. If like, I, I you know, people traveling with friends, sometimes they fall out with the friends, becomes a horrible situation, whatever. You can always just leave. You can leave. always leave leaving is often the best option but leave and don't go back yeah because if you go back people will be very angry with you because you kind of demonstrated your non-compliance right and i think that in a lot of countries women are considered that you're a really bad woman if you're not obedient right and really even people you meet in europe as soon as they they reacclimatize when they're back in their country and that's the kind of views then they have if you're a woman, you should be obedient. Um, why are you not doing as I say? So on, so on. And I just, 
don't do it. If anyone tries to blackmail you into going to a country by saying you're racist, if you don't, I mean, this is just crazy town. Yeah. It yeah. it just, it really is. Um, but, at, but at the same time, it's it's hard because a lot of people chat shit about countries. It's just not true. Yeah, and then you arrive there and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. You, you often have to go and see for yourself. And I would say, I you know, I'll give an example. I remember when there was a kind of twinning going on between my university when I was an undergrad and a, a university in Palestine. And it was, you know, this university trip over there. And so beforehand, which <laughs> I don't know who decided this, but there was an organized training session with someone from the ISM, International Solidarity Movement. And this woman turned up and really, again, it was just performative. I really, I recognize it now so much because politics is like this today. And she said, oh, when I go to Palestine, I stand in front of the tanks with my heels on. Well, no, you don't, because there's not really any tanks in the West Bank that you would find easily. So and I doubt you've been to Gaza. She was just showcasing and showing I'm really off. Sexy. I'm really sexy when I'm fighting. Exactly. I'm for sexy when I'm fighting yeah. for justice. It's all about me. And she said things like, you won't be able to find any alcohol in the West Bank. If you want a drink, you'll have to get a taxi to Tel Aviv. What the fuck is she talking about? Yeah. There is alcohol in every newsagents and restaurant in the West Bank. I mean, maybe not in Hebron, one of the most conservative cities. This is this is mad. And she said things like, oh, no women smoke there. Also not true. Not what I know of Palestinian women. Exactly. <laughs> Chain smokers. And then and she said, oh, only settlers wear white. Only settlers wear white. And don't show your arms. It's considered immodest. And don't wear sunglasses. Only settlers wear sunglasses. And the funniest thing was our guide, whilst we were there, turned up. And he was a white vest wearing, chain smoking, like beer drinking, sunglass wearer. It was just like everything she'd said was false. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, she's part of one of those groups that goes over there for conflict tourism and doesn't even get to know how things are there or get to know any local people because all of the advice was completely incorrect. And then sometimes just the Western media scare scare tactics or scaremongers about a country. Like I went to China and I loved it. I really liked China. Um, you know, it was all, I remember at the time it was all this stuff about pollution and it's so polluted and there was pollution in Beijing, but it was also very obvious they had made a lot of effort to curb it, you you know, you were only allowed driving, they have that rule, you're only allowed driving your car when on an even day when you have an even license plate number. I remember there was this news story at the time, it was like, oh, horrific car car pileup in China along this freeway. People are being stuck for four days. And then I talked to people, they're like, no, no, it was cleared out pretty quickly. It was fine. People were lovely. I People were very friendly. People were very eager to show you their country. Yeah. Um, the idea that it was some totalitarian hellhole. I mean, I'm not saying traveling there is the same thing as living there. I'm not trying to say it's a perfect state. Calm down. But I'm just saying, be thoughtful about also how the Western media talks about countries. Yeah. And also be thoughtful about how the middle class and upper class of that country talk about their country. Well, that's it. These people who live in gated communities love to pretend they're besieged. 
all the time. And it's like living in a gated, being, being of international rich and living in a gated community, don't trust those people's advice about the country well, that they, they don't, live. They don't know their own society. No, they don't spend time in it. No. So, again, I found that uh, certainly in, uh, you know, from what I was told would be the opposite. And, what, you know, I remember asking, why do I have to grow my hair and wear makeup? And my girlfriend at the time said, well, because otherwise, she seemed to say men will sexually harass, men will harass you. And she thought this would stop them harassing me. Not true. I don't even understand this logic. Why would wearing makeup and growing my hair make them not harass me? Maybe she meant home. I think she meant homophobically. Anyway, the men of Algiers, very nice. The only ones that talk to me, really nice men in the cafe downstairs that were really glad to have a foreigner there and that I knew a bit of Algerian Arabic. And another one said, welcome just randomly on the street, like some shopkeeper, like proud of his store, like saw me and like nodded and said, welcome. (laughs) That's it. Whereas she, she told me that like men there were the devil. Mm. And it it was really bizarre. It was like, well, they've only been friendly to me. Okay. It was different in Constantine, which is a conservative city. Uh, Yes. But this is the thing. They don't often know if you are either, you've not lived there for a long time or if you're upper middle class you have a very different vantage point. And those people are out of touch. It's the same in in the UK. Upper middle class people are often very out of touch with what life is really like here. Yeah. So why would it be different? And a lot of the time, who you meet, who is an international, they are, unless you're friends with migrant cleaners, and usually you only get to be friends with them if you're a cleaner yourself, who do you meet at universities? I always met members of the international rich. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Any other advice, Hannah? Um, just don't be naive. I know it's easy to say, but don't be naive. Don't make naive decisions. Don't be trust too trusting. And no one's point scoring you down for being cynical, even. No, and like I think the biggest thing is just you can always leave. You can always get on a plane. You can always go. You can always leave that hostel. You can always, if people are making you uncomfortable. Yeah. You can always get out of a situation you don't want to be and, in. And you should. Yes. I think that one of the biggest forms of advice is you should leave and don't go back because then often you're punished for leaving and, you know, throwing in the towel. At least that's my experience. Right. If you go and then people persuade you back and you think, okay, they're often very angry that you've left. Um but you should you should just get yourself out of any situation where you, even if the vibes are off and you don't understand it yet why you can work that out later but do you do you know what i mean i would often sense that something was very wrong yeah and i wouldn't leave because i couldn't cognitively work it out yet right. why the vibes were so off and but then your nervous system will tell you exactly yeah and you know what you can work it out consciously later and this applies outside of traveling yeah applies to any kind of life situation you're ever uncomfortable i think women have this big thing about them needing to be polite there's no you don't have to be polite you can be judgmental judge a book by its cover yeah if the vibes aren't right see you later yeah exactly and you don't need to give a reason yes but you know people are always shocked i've left a few meetings with people basically they never believe i'm going till i've left They'll literally see me pack my bag, 
and then I'll stand up and they'll go, why are you standing up? And I'll say, because well, I'm leaving, obviously. And then they are aghast. Yeah. And they'll say, why? And I'll say, because I want to. Like, I, don't, I don't need to explain myself to anyone. And neither does anybody else necessarily. If you want to walk out of a place because you no longer, I mean, I hate these words, feel safe, quote unquote. This is over the top sometimes. Sometimes you're just like, this isn't worth it for me. I'm going to go. Yeah. And you can. So that's, yeah, I think that's some big advice. And it's also this idea that if you're traveling, you have to, yeah, you have to stick to a plan or you have to do this kind of performative, happy thing. You don't. Mm. you can leave your friends if yeah. you're not having a good time with them um or if you're getting in a situation if you're being put in situations that are dangerous like has happened to me you can decide this person does not have my best interests at heart yes they brought me here but they're putting me in dangerous situations so i made an error in leaving i'm making an error in staying i can go now yeah and I, you know i've had friends of mine really good friend of mine just last year I think it was earlier in yeah it was earlier this year she was so worried about what might happen to her because a man that she was staying with was threatening her it it wasn't her boyfriend it was the flatmate of the boyfriend that she sent me her pass a copy of her passport and said just in case anything happens and I thought oh my fucking god yeah. and I got on the phone to her immediately and I didn't say I think at first I said, what's happening? And she clearly didn't want to say. I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. If you feel that way, you need to leave now. And I was like, you need to leave within the hour. And I'm going to stay on the phone with you. And I'm going to help you leave. And she was really worried. She was really nervous. Because this is the thing, right? She wouldn't tell me what was wrong. In fact, she told me after a few months. But at the end of that phone call, she said, okay, yeah, I'm going to pack my stuff now. And then I'll call you back. And she was like, okay, I love you, Jenny. I was like, oh, my God, why is she telling me she loves me? Does yeah. she think this is the end? Like, who is threatening to kill my friend? Honestly, it was, <laughs> it was in Madrid. I was getting feminists I know in Madrid on speed dial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to be like, whoever this man is, he does not know what is about to descend on his home. A <laughs> horde of inflamed lesbian radical feminists <laughs> are about to bash down your door. <laughs> and everyone on the street is gonna know your name because these women are gonna chant about you outside your door anyway uh i rang her back as she packed her stuff and managed to stay on the phone with her while she left and i said you know go to the other side of the city don't tell anyone where you are leave tomorrow and she did and i even said any stuff you can leave just leave it but take what you can and yeah just but it's hard because you often are taught not to really trust your, yeah. yourself necessarily. And um, you think, oh, am I making a big deal? It's fine. Make a big deal. It's fine. No yeah. one else has to live with what you encounter but you. So don't put yourself through it. And the other thing, like traveling on a budget, we respect it. We get it. Absolutely. Still want to travel on a budget. But if it's between... Um, your safety or saving a bit of money always just spend the money yeah i had an instance where i was like i showed up at an airport and it was kind of a more rural airport um outside of the city i was traveling to and um i had booked a bus ahead of time to travel into the city there seemed to be some kind of bus service and i booked this bus 
and I, the bus didn't show up. And I was, it was like very late at night in this very rural area. And I was like looking on Google Maps. And I was like, I guess I could take 18 different buses to get to a train to get to whatever. But like, I don't know where I am. I, I've already had one bus not show up. I just found someone to split a cab with who was in a similar situation. And we mm. split a cab. It Was it money? Yes. Did I end up raped, raped and murdered? No. Yeah. So if it's between saving a bit of money well this is the thing safety just yeah look obviously i'm not pretending that money grows on trees but you can always get more money you can always save money somewhere else yeah or maybe don't shop when you're there or whatever thing whatever cancel whatever thing you like whatever like it's not worth the 50 dollars, 80 euro whatever similar to your health safety is the number one thing yeah it's just not worth it's even peace of mind it's actually something that I'd be willing to pay almost like a limitless amount for. Yeah. It's peace of mind and safety. And there is just, you know, you're already in a foreign place where people can figure out that you don't know the lay of the land. You're already regarded as a bit of a target. Just uh, don't bother. Don't bother. So, yeah, that's my advice. Don't travel on your own if you can really help it. Stay in hotels, not hostels. Um, structure your time. And make judgments that are based on your gut instinct and a cynicism that you are allowed to have, not uh, political purity. And, uh, and you can always leave. Yes. Oh, and my you can adv- always leave. And finally, my advice when if you're followed. So this happened to me. The last time it happened to me was a couple of years ago in Tel Aviv. Now. I was doing something I do not advise. I was walking in a dodgy area at 10 p.m. I was doing it for a good reason. Um, I was going to knock on someone's door to go and have a go at them and demand this money. Anyway. <laughs> this Anyhow, I won't explain that fully, but uh, that's what I was doing. So it got to 10 p.m. and I was like, you know what? I need to go home. I can't manage to find this person and where they live. And I was like knocking on every door in their fucking neighborhood. I was putting up posters. Anyway, there we go. I was walking back to my hostel in South Tel Aviv in a bit of a dodgy area. And there was a guy sat on a wall and I could kind of sense something. Like he didn't have anything to do or he was looking for people to follow or whatever. Anyway, I walk past him and he gets up off the wall and starts walking behind me. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. But he's quite far away behind me. So I start doing a test and I have a three strike rule. I cross the street. And I go down a, a different, another road. He follows me down the road. I then quickly and suddenly dart down another road at one point, doing doing the second test. And I thought, you know, he's followed me twice now, and it didn't really make sense. the The way that the path that I'd taken um, ended up going where I was going originally. So it was clear he was following me and not walking yeah. a logical route. I'd picked an, an illogical route. And eventually I managed to somehow make it so this guy ended up on the street, in fact, parallel to me, because again, I'd done another slick twist kind of quickly. And he ended up kind of about to meet me at a crossing. And I thought, okay, you know, I've given him three, three strikes. So I basically approached him and I raised my arms in the air 
as high as high as possible and i started shouting why 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 in hebrew which is lama 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 <laughs> and um basically uh he was freaked out and he stopped oh my god there was such a scary video that came out of vancouver a couple years ago of a woman just in tears as this man was like following her around with a knife mm. just in the middle of the day and she was on the phone with the police i think she was on the phone with the police but she was like, literally, what do I do? He's been following around for half an hour. I don't know what to do. It was so scary. I just think you dip in to a a cafe, a bus station. You dip in somewhere. That was my next move. Yeah. I was like, I'm. so I shouted at this guy like, Lama, Lama. Like, why? Why? Because the thing is, is men will th- think it's not worth it. This one is crazy. Yeah. This woman is going to cause a scene. So it's not worth it. There were other people around as well. So people saw this and it's also letting them know, I know you're fucking following me. Now, unfortunately, my Hebrew is not that good that I could have said, I know you're fucking following me, but I certainly know how to say a few things. So I shouted at this guy with my arms in the air, looking like a crazy woman. And then I started walking. And just before there was a shop, like a news agent, I turned around to see if he was there because my next thing was going to be go into the shop, say there's a man following me. I want to call the police yeah, and see if I could get the police to come that's the other thing to do is to dip into somewhere but i really think causing the loudest commotion possible and making the man think you're crazy puts the vast majority of them off just don't but also don't look like you're mocking them because that is when you get Mm. murdered right like they're like so like there was one, this is horrific, sorry, but there was one woman who was murdered because, like, this guy was, like, a serial flasher and he flashed her and she just laughed in his mm. face and that was That, that was would it. be what I would do. Yeah, that's how you get yourself killed. You keep thinking you could, like... What? <laughs> engage with men on so- Like, I don't know, like, this thing of sitting in the front. See, you I can't, know. you can't, there's nothing you can do, so you just... It's that I think, I used to think that you could insist on being equal. You can't. No, it's not true. No. They just think that you're giving them a green light. Or it doesn't make a difference anyway. It's like, yeah. okay, now you're laughing at me and dead. Yeah. Now you're waving your arms at me and dead. Well, I was, I did it in anger. Maybe right. if you do it in an angry, aggressive way. And he just looked very sheepish. Yeah. I think the the key thing with that was it was in public. Yes. I definitely wouldn't do that to a man in private ever. It's definitely how you get yourself murdered. No, but a man can't follow you on the street in private. No, but like if he's being, yeah. Anyway, it's difficult to avoid male violence. Yeah. Is the point. <laughs> yes, it is. So shall I tell my coach story? No? All right, I'll leave it then. People that are on my Facebook get that story for free. <laughs> it's already uh, posted on there, but I won't share it on the podcast right now. Okay. So, okay. Well, I, uh, I'd i like to hear what people think. We do get feedback on Twitter. Yes. So any women out there who also want to share their tips, we'll retweet them. Yes, we will. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.